Some of you are going to find this a bit incredulous, but here's something that federal, state, and local governments all tell us to do that we should actually listen to. Eat more fruits and vegetables. You've heard about the health benefits of increasing plant-based nutrients into your diet, but how can you easily consume all the fruits and veggies needed? Well, it's easy. By adding Grown American Superfood and Essential Vitamins Plus Immunity into your meals. Grown American Superfood and Essential Vitamins Plus Immunity is a power blend that has 31 fruits and vegetables in every scoop. Organic vegetables, super greens, super fruits, and super sprouts. It is fortified with essential vitamins plus an immunity boost. And right now, you can get a free two-week supply of Grown American Superfood and Essential Vitamins Plus Immunity by just paying $8.95 for the shipping and handling. And not only that, you'll also get a free frother to quickly whip up your healthy and nutritious grown American drink. Go to grownamericansuperfood.com forward slash John and order today. What makes a life a good one? Is it the adventure you have or the friends you find along the way? Maybe it's pursuing your passion while striving to protect, defend, and save what you believe in every single day. So, what makes a life a good one? In the Coast Guard, we think it's all of the above and more. But you'll have to find out for yourself. Visit GoCoastGuard.com to learn more. This is the John Fugelsang Podcast. This is Sirius XM Progress. Welcome to the ongoing love fest that is Tell Me Everything, coming at you coast-to-coast, live and interactive. I'm John Fugelsang, joined by the baddest team in radio. Well, half of them. Uh, Matt Bumbach is filling in tonight for the great Thea Harper, who is getting a well-deserved night off. Our uh, grand poobah, Chris Hauselt, is still running this thing from the uh, South Carolina studios. I come to you from here in New York City, and I, I hope you're having a good first day back. I hope you had a peaceful weekend. I hope you had some time off. I hope you've been disconnected from news. I hope you, you enjoyed watching a parade and wondered why they have so many nonstop commercials during a parade. And by nonstop commercials, I mean all of the parade floats. You've dealt with the leftovers in your house, I hope. And like most families after Thanksgiving time, you're giving thanks for time away from family. So we are very grateful to gently massage you back into the grinding madness that is America and Earth one fifth of the way through this strange, conflicted century. We have a great show tonight. Rula Jabril will be joining us once again to talk about what is going on with the ceasefire between Israel and Hamas and what the situation is on the ground. And of course, as always, what the American media is choosing not to cover so much. Comedian Rhonda Hansom will be with us as well in hour number two. The ceasefire in Gaza, we've now learned, will last at least a couple of more days. The COP28 climate summit is going to begin, well, uh, this week in the United Arab Emirates, although Joe Biden is not expected to attend. A massive investigative report just released shows that the COP28 environmental summits are basically fossil fuel business expos behind the scenes. We've also learned that Jimmy Carter, at age 99, undergoing hospice, will attend the public Atlanta funeral of his wife, Rosalind Carter, this week. The Macy's Thanksgiving Day Parade, 99th edition, uh, did really well. Record audience of all time. 28.5 million viewers tuned in to watch Share Lip Sync. I hope you guys enjoyed it. That's over uh, multiple airings on Thursday on NBC, including over there on Peacock. And there's a new COVID variant just in time for Christmas, BA 2.86. 
They're getting catchier, aren't they? Wow. That's that's better than Omicron. The new variant has tripled in cases over the last week, and it's now responsible for nearly 10 percent of already rising U.S. infections. But I'm saying this on the Progress Channel. I assume most of you uh, went out there and had your shots and your boosters. And maybe you're you're a conservative listening to this. Maybe you, like Donald Trump, had your shots and your boosters, too, because Donald Trump had both. Let's play. Mental Mediocrity Monday. 20 years ago, back when Secretary of State Colin Powell was trying to convince the rest of the world that invading and occupying Iraq would be a really good idea, a really easy thing to do that would just pay for itself many times over, he did make a very eloquent statement about America's desire for empire building to the Archbishop of Canterbury, who asked him, isn't this just George W. Bush imperialism? Well, it was. But... Colin Powell, who knew how to sell a war, he said, I love our flag, our constitution, and our country. With a love that has no bounds, I defended all three for 35 years as a soldier and was willing to give my life in their defense. And then Colin Powell said, The only land we ever asked for was enough land to bury our dead. And that is the kind of nation we are. This quote's been repeated many times over the last 20 years. And I'll listen. I, I think Colin Powell was doing a very evil thing, trying to sell people on the Iraq war. But my God, I will bow down to a good quote. And I will also alert your attention to when people try to plagiarize that quote and butcher it. And I mean butcher it. I hope you're ready for another reminder of why Kevin McCarthy is not the Speaker of the House anymore. And why Kevin McCarthy never should have been Speaker of the House. So he tweeted out this clip of a speech. Chris, do you have this clip already? Um, From his account, uh, at Speaker McCarthy. That's still his handle, by the way. Just saying. He's He's still using the Twitter handle, at Speaker McCarthy. Chris, when Miss America surrenders her title and there's a new Miss America crown, does the old one still wear the the sash and the tiara all the time? I don't believe so. I don't believe so, but Kevin McCarthy's wearing his, his, his Twitter sash. So listen to Kevin McCarthy try <laughs> try to plagiarize Colin Powell's quote about the only land we ever asked for was enough land to bury our dead and get it wrong in so many ways. This is worth it. Here he is. Peace without freedom is meaningless. Think for one moment. It is human nature that we all crave peace, but we never attain it unless we have freedom. In every single war that America has fought, we have never asked for land afterwards except for enough to bury the Americans who gave the ultimate sacrifice for that freedom we went in for. Whoa, 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 whoa. Okay. Let's, let's, we can, we can, we can lower the volume right there. Uh, That's Kevin McCarthy. Uh, in a speech that Kevin McCarthy tweeted from his Speaker McCarthy Twitter account. Uh, he, he said, he said, in every single war America has fought, we have never asked for land afterwards. Folks, no one tell Kevin McCarthy about his home state of California. California, which did not rise from the ocean and adhes itself to the America to become part of us. No, California used to be a country called Mexico. And it was created from land that uh, was annexed 
after the Mexican War. See, here's here's a wacky thing. Uh, uh, President James Polk wanted more slave states back in the 1840s. So he had Zachary Taylor's troops march into Mexican-occupied California. They shot at us for crossing their frontera. Folks back home got behind a war like they always do. And we took it because Polk wanted more slave states. Um, We signed a treaty that ended the Mexican War in February of 1848 and gave a huge portion of the Southwest to the United States. Again, California is land America took from Mexico after it fought a war with them. Kevin. Also, after the Revolutionary War, the U.S. got territory from the Treaty of Paris, including land east of the Mississippi River from the Great Lakes. Uh, After the Mexican-American War in 1848, we got uh, a lot of ground through the Treaty of Guadalupe, uh, we got, my God, after the Mexican-American War, we, it wasn't just California. We got Arizona, New Mexico, Nevada, Utah. We got parts of Colorado and Wyoming and Oklahoma. And we paid $15 million in compensation to Mexico as part of the treaty. <laughs> and after that, in the Treaty of Paris, we got the Philippines and Guam and Puerto Rico. So, yeah, you know, and even, even the American Samoa. We got that in 1899 after the second Samoan Civil War. So, um, yeah, Kevin McCarthy, you're wrong. No, uh, in every single war America has fought, we have often asked for land afterwards. It's how we got America. And folks, I'd say it's terrifying that this man was once third in line for the presidency, except the guy they replaced him with thinks the earth is 6,000 years old and being gay can be cured by being tortured in a class. And now that guy is third in line for the presidency. All right. Uh, let, let me let me since it is moral and mental mediocrity Monday, let me just give a quick little uh, shout out to friend of the show, Donald Trump. Uh, over the weekend, Donald Trump was visiting Iowa. Ron DeSantis has just visited his 99th county in Iowa. Donald Trump doesn't care. Came in, ate the scenery. Here he is over the weekend where, among other greatest hits, he lamented his illegal battles. In the end, they're not after me, they're after you, and I just happen to be standing in the way. That's true. They're still shopping that line. That's true. People ask me, would you have done it again, sir? You had such a great life. You had all these wonderful places you could go all over the world. You saw how strong my company is with this fake deal that's going on now. We didn't know he had that kind of cash. We didn't know he had that kind of a company. They didn't know because it was a private. turned out to be a great company. Then they had to change their whole concept because they started off with a concept where it was the opposite. Now they're saying, oh, this is not good. Then it's a great company. That's one thing that's come out. We have a crooked judge. We have a rigged, we have a rigged court case. We have a, an AG who campaigned. On I will get Donald Trump. I will get Donald Trump. I swear. I will. Then she says, oh, I've never said that. We got about 30 tapes. I will get Donald Trump. I will get him. I will. She doesn't know a thing about me. She didn't look at anything. She's campaigning. She, was, she wasn't an officer or anything. Didn't see anything. Nobody knew it was a private company. I will get Donald Trump. Uh, she's a radical lunatic. And we're winning this case so much, but we have a judge that refuses to give up. Guys, we have to stop talking about Donald Trump. As a a soon-to-be-convicted felon, we have to stop talking about him as a criminal. We have to stop talking about him as a fascist and as a racist and as a corrupt businessman. We we really have to, and, and we shouldn't talk about him as a sexual abuser. I mean, it's important, but we have to really spend more time discussing how Donald Trump is getting dumber. I I don't want to be the one to tell you, but but he's he's getting dumber, folks, and it's time we enjoyed it 
a little bit. I know you're terrified about Biden, blah, 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 but no, no, here, here's, here's what I got to tell you. There were two other men who served as president without winning the popular vote and then lost their bids for re-election besides Donald Trump. Who are they? Benjamin Harrison, Nepo Baby, grandson of a president in 1892. John Quincy Adams, Nepo Baby, son of a president in 1828. Those men and Donald Trump lost the popular vote twice, but got to be president once. And then there's William Jennings Bryan. Oh, a titan of American politics, who ran as the presidential nominee for the Democrats three times. This is the guy that uh, this is the guy that the uh, the conservative character is based on in Inherit the Wind. William Jennings Bryan. 1896, he was the nominee. 1900, he was the nominee. In 1908, he lost all three times. He lost twice to William McKinley. He lost once to William Howard Taft. (laughs) But for a hundred years, over a hundred years, we thought... No, it can never be topped. No man can ever win the popular vote three times. William Jennings Bryan, you're 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 safe. Folks, let's talk about what Donald Trump did this weekend. He said he still wants to repeal the Affordable Care Act. In other words, Donald Trump, who's ahead by over twenty points in Iowa, my God, Nikki Haley, keep on spending other people's money. Twenty points. This is why we want Trump to be the nominee, folks. Twenty points. He wants to take away health care from tens of millions of Americans if he becomes president next year. He said this on his website, Filth Social. He was looking at alternatives to uh, the Affordable Care Act, also known as Obamacare, which has reduced the number of Americans without health insurance to historic lows. I'm not going to defend Obamacare all day, but I will say the fact is it brought us the lowest rate of uninsured Americans in history. And it gave basic guarantees of coverage for all Americans, even if they had a pre-existing condition. Trump promised over the weekend he would never give up on repealing the Affordable Care Act. Now, when he says he's looking for alternatives to Obamacare, he means getting rid of it. He means eliminating protections for pre-existing conditions and kicking millions of Americans off their health care and not covering preventative care anymore. How do we know this? Because he already tried it once. And this is really good news, folks, because nearly 60 percent of Americans have a positive view of the ACA as of May of this year was 50 percent at the start of the pandemic, already up to 60 percent by the end of the pandemic. And the protections for people with pre-existing conditions are really popular. Seventy nine percent of Americans support that, including 66 percent of Republicans and Democrats have a big advantage on health care. Uh, According to the NBC News poll in September, 45 percent to 22 percent. So it's not good news that Trump wants to do this. It's good news that he's so stupid. He can't see how ragingly unpopular these ideas are and how much it helps him defeat himself. My friends, we're going to see a man lose the popular vote for a third time in our lifetime in this century. What happened in 2017? Donald Trump took office and he and Republican leaders in Congress said, we're going to get rid of Obamacare. And it failed. And not only did it fail, it was hugely unpopular. Donald Trump said we'd have a new system. He said it'd be terrific, fantastic, phenomenal insurance for everybody. Everybody's going to be taken care of much better than they're taken care of now. The reality was the Republicans had no plan, no plan whatsoever. Their plans were like cutting Medicaid, which the ACA expanded. You know, like Donald Trump finally said he'd replace Obamacare with health savings accounts. So people with no money can just put their money into a health savings account. Bigly smart. Bigly. 
And again, this is all the Republican Party reminding you that once we get rid of Obamacare, the generosity of the free market will help sick people just like it did before Obamacare. You know what their health care plan is, folks? It's a GoFundMe for your kid's surgery. It's a GoFundMe for your surgery. It's a GoFundMe to pay your doctor bills. And despite having full control of the White House and Congress, Republicans could not repeal it and could not replace it in 2017. John McCain, we were there, you all know. So now he's saying, we are going to get rid of the ACA. And look, ACA's got a lot of problems. I am not a fan. Uh, limited choice of insurers. It's forcing people to buy shitty private insurance instead of single payer, which is what all of our capitalist allies have. And it's what we actually need. But again, people from both parties don't want to give it up. People from both parties don't want to see millions and millions and millions of Americans lose insurance. And Trump kept saying all the time, we're going to have, have a new health care plan in a matter of weeks, five times in 2020, five times while running for reelection. He promised the new health care plan in a matter of weeks. Never happened. A few months into Biden's first term, the Supreme Court rejected the GOP's efforts to strike down the ACA, and they saved the law for a third time, which brings us to now. Republicans have been very quiet about this because they know it's a loser. And the Inflation Reduction Act, by the way, had a great measure designed to reduce the prices of prescription drugs to Medicare by capping insulin costs. If they got rid of the ACA, 20 million people would lose coverage. The non-elderly uninsured rate would go up more than 7%. 135 million Americans with pre-existing conditions could face discrimination. States would lose $135 billion in federal funding for the marketplaces, Medicaid, and CHIP. And, of course, the tax revenue that funds the expanded health coverage would become tax cuts for rich people who would get an average tax cut of $46,000 each. This is what Trump wants to do. This is a Christmas gift to old Joe Biden's re-election. Democrats, start your fundraising. They're already doing it. They've already changed their plans with TV ads, and they're going to talk all about it. Joe Biden said today, my predecessor, once again, God love him, called for cuts that could rip away health insurance from tens of millions of Americans. And they really want to do it, folks. But here's the deal. There is no Republican alternative to Obamacare because Obamacare is the Republican plan. It was Romney care. It was forcing people to buy shitty private insurance. That's why liberals didn't like it. Liberals liked single payer. Democrats liked the public option. Just open up Medicare to people. Start doing it now. Barack Obama campaigned on Romney care. That is the Republican plan Republicans rail against. And the people who still want to repeal Obamacare are the same people who still want to cut LBJ care. And privatize FDR care. But remember, Obamacare was passed by Congress, upheld three times by the Supreme Court, and while far from perfect, it helped people. And Barack Obama never promised Mexico would pay for it. And I'll leave you with this thought. In a Monday morning post, Donald Trump defended himself by saying he aced the dementia cognitive test during his recent physical exam. Ace the dementia test. He's telling us, he's bragging about this again. I'll leave you with this thought before the break. Telling us that you aced your dementia test is just a really great way of telling us they made you take a dementia test we want to know what you think we're at 866-997-4748 we'll be right back with your calls and the great Rilla Jabril this is Sirius XM man that sunset is gorgeous grill patio sunset hard to get better than that Unless you're browsing Carvana's inventory while you soak it all in. Oh, burger time. So sit back, get comfortable. Carvana's got thousands of cars under $20,000 just waiting for you. I could stay here forever. Carvana, where car buying meets comfort meets convenience. Download the app or visit Carvana.com today. 
Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Hey everybody, it's Michael Steele, host of the Michael Steele Podcast. Each week, I discuss key political and cultural issues joined by America's leading activists, experts, and academics for conversations that transcend political boundaries. And that's the point. I want you to join me as we work through real solutions, have honest conversations, just keeping it real, and having a little fun on the side. So listen to the Michael Steele Podcast on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Spreaker, or wherever you get your podcasts on. Because you know I love it when you do. Welcome back. This is SiriusXM Progress. I'm John Fugelsang. Reported in the New York Times this weekend, Gaza civilians are being killed at an historic pace, more quickly than in even the deadliest moments of the U.S.-led attacks in Iraq, Syria, and Afghanistan which were themselves widely criticized by human rights groups. Gaza is currently grappling with a severe drinking water crisis. In the midst of all of this, 11 more hostages were released by Hamas on Monday, according to the Israeli military. And the truce that gave us their freedom was extended by two more days, bringing relative calm to the war-devastated Gaza Strip. Here's Joe Biden earlier today with a brief update on the flow of humanitarian aid now going into Gaza during this brief negotiated ceasefire. Since my trip to Israel last month, I've been focused on accelerating the delivery of humanitarian assistance to Gaza in coordination with the United Nations and the Red Cross. I just spoke with my special envoy for the Middle East Humanitarian Issues, David Satterfield, for an update. And I've asked him to monitor our progress hour by hour and keep me personally informed. From the beginning, we put in place mechanisms to prevent Hamas from diverting these supplies. I could not be more pleased to welcome our next guest back to our show. I'm always happy to have Rilla Jabril anytime for any reason. But of course, in times like this, her expertise is more valued than ever. She's an award-winning journalist, foreign policy analyst and author. You may have seen her on MSNBC, The Daily Beast, Newsweek and Salon. Her best-selling novel, Miral, has been translated into 15 languages. And she is currently visiting professor of international relations at the University of Miami. I consider her one of the most essential voices in Western media to understand the plight of the Palestinian people and to understand Israel's ongoing war against Hamas. Uh, Rula, what a pleasure. Welcome back to SiriusXM. Thank you, John. It's such a pleasure to be with you. Thank you. So I, 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 I'm almost afraid to ask. It seems like too little too late, and I'm trying to be very grateful that we have a ceasefire such as it is. We're hearing a lot about how the president has been leaning in heavier towards both Netanyahu and the Qatari royal family. But let me begin by asking you, how do you feel about this very brief, hopefully to be extended ceasefire? So this is what we know, John. This is um, Israel was offered to exchange the hostages with releasing the Palestinian prisoners from the get-go, from the beginning. Mm -hmm. Bibi Netanyahu refused, and he preferred the killing fields, or what was defined as killing field, but by UN officials. Uh, Today, we are looking at 14,000 
Palestinian killed, according to the IDF, uh, to the Israeli army, 85% of those are Palestinian civilians, meaning children and women. So Joe Biden uh, played a role that was destructive from day one. Uh, he basically, uh, for year and a half told the world that bombing hospitals, bombing schools is a war crime in Ukraine and Russia was committing war crime and Putin was a war criminal. When Bibi Netanyahu bombed hospitals and schools and universities and murdered thousands of Palestinian women and children, Joe Biden gives him weapons. Then the fact that he's bragging about the hostage deal now and taking credit saying, you know, we worked hard, whatever, when mm -hmm. we know that Israel can arrest the Palestinian, you know, prisoners anytime they want. And we know that this deal was on the table from the beginning. We could have avoided. So what we're looking at, this is not really a war on Hamas. This is a war on Palestinians. And yeah. the tragedy of all of this, John, that Israeli minister one after another is telling the United States and the world, including Bibi Netanyahu tonight, to his Likud ministers, saying three things that Biden need to listen to. One, there will be never a two-state solution while he's in power. Second, yeah. that he knows how to manipulate the American public opinion. Third, he repeated that he knows Joe Biden for 40 years and thus he can control him more or less. That's the substance of yep. the, what he said. While Joe Biden continued to talk about two-state solution, which is a myth at this point, Bibi Netanyahu creates facts on the ground that makes it very hard for durable peace for a real durable ceasefire or for democracy for Palestinians or Israelis. That's right. We have discussed in the past how neither Hamas leadership nor Bibi Netanyahu have any interest in a ceasefire and any interest in the well-being of the people of Palestine. But uh, Israel's public broadcasting, Khan News, just reported this, and, and uh, it's really incredible. He, Netanyahu boasted petulantly how, as you mentioned, he's known Biden 40 years. I'm the only one who can withstand U.S. pressure. I'm the one who will prevent a Palestinian state in Gaza and Samaria. And he said, as you quoted, I know how to manage American public opinion. We've already known that Netanyahu boasted in 2019 that he was the best hope to ever having a two-state solution ever happen because we need Hamas in power. He literally propped these guys up to prevent a homeland for the Palestinian people. It does seem like Netanyahu is just desperately trying to hang on to his job because it's no longer just young people and leftists protesting his rule anymore. Absolutely. I mean, what he said about controlling the public opinion in America, he's been bragging about it for a long time, but this is an indictment of our U.S. mainstream media. Just to be honest, he'd come on air. He's never challenged really on any of the issues. He's never, they even don't read to him his own statements, which should embarrass him and should inform our American public opinion. I mean, when a country like the United States decide to give Israel $14 billion on top of the $4 billion, which is $18 billion in one year. Mm -hmm. And you've been talking about health care and, and all of these, all of this money has to come from somewhere. It's tax, you know, American taxpayers who are paying for the war in Gaza. And Joe Biden decided that he should, he will put no conditionality while his officials from the podium of the White House refuse to say if Israel is complying with international law, if Israel is committing war crime or no, they refuse to say it. And the fact that they refuse to say it yet, President Biden placed 
Israel above international law, above America's law, creating an, a system of impunity that is resulting in more extremism in Israel and more death for the Palestinians, and sadly in a cycle of hatred and violence that will plunge the Middle East in decade-long alienation from America's democracy and from the American people. I mean, the kind of hatred and the kind of resentment towards America, I never seen anything like this, maybe in 22 years. I, the last time I remember something like this, it was during Fallujah. It was during the battle for Mosul in Iraq and Fallujah. But Joe Biden managed to basically destroy America's reputation in the world, especially with the global south. Chris Van Hollen, our senator, actually said, and, and he tweeted, um, so many of us were concerned when the White House national security spokesperson was asked if the U.S. has any red lines. And the answer was no, which means anything goes that cannot be consistent with American interests and values. So, I mean, there is pushback to it here. Uh, and I often wonder, Rula, if this was not a presidential election year, would we see the same deference paid to the Israeli civilian government? I fear yes. The answer is yes. Uh, there has been bipartisan support for Israel, regardless what Israel does. I mean, not only that kind of impunity and shielding them at international forums, the Palestinians are asked to relinquish basically their rights and to wait for Israel, benevolent Israel, to give them something. And they don't understand that this is what produced actual extremism. It is jarring that the first, that the same administration, one after another, that acknowledged that extremism in the Middle East birthed out of repression and oppression, that this is the machine that produced extremists, they cannot recognize the humanity of Palestinians. And the, the fact that there's this idea that I abhor in Hamas, but it exists. Even yeah. if you destroy Hamas tomorrow, completely eradicate it, but you keep Palestinian under military occupation, there will exactly. be another force There'll that be will another Hamas. Yep. to demand freedom, to demand simple freedom and dignity and basic rights. If you don't understand that, I think it was JFK who said, if you close the path for civil and peaceful resolutions, you open the door for a violent one. It is That's basic. Right. It, it's just if we don't understand that, I think we will be Americans will continue to pay for Israeli wars in perpetuity. I completely agree with you. And I think we have to remember that Hamas is a symptom of a longer ongoing problem. I hate Hamas and I would love to see them be rendered completely irrelevant. Same. That's exactly where we should be talking about. But this is America. We don't attack problems. We attack the symptoms of problems. We don't fight the conditions that lead to terrorism we fight terrorists we don't prevent unwanted pregnancy we fight each other over abortion we don't stop poverty we put people in prisons and that's how we do it but l let me ask about the european response because I'm, I'm a bit surprised we're not hearing more demands for a ceasefire from our european neighbors what do you make of that well europe is fractured to be honest uh, two days ago the Prime Minister of Belgium and the Prime Minister of Spain, they were in Gaza and they said the destruction of Gaza is unacceptable. We need to end the military occupation forever. We need a peaceful resolution. But you know what Israel does, not only in the United States, they try to bully any criticism of Israel and of the Israeli government into silence while yeah. embracing real anti-Semites 
I mean, to see today Bibi Netanyahu, uh, you know, walking the streets with Elon Musk, who's been promoting the worst anti-Semitic conspiracy theories online. Incredible. That means Bibi Netanyahu prefer uh, basically the far right in the world and anti-Semites. I mean, he was Donald Trump's best friend. Uh, and best ally. I mean, the man that after Charlottesville, when people were marching in the streets saying blood and soil, Jews will not replace us, he defended them. He defended those. He pointed to the American Jews as disloyal because they vote for Democrats. And again, he's embraced by the Israel, which makes you believe and, 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 and think that maybe there's an issue between the government, the Israeli government, that really is willing to overlook these anti-Semitic people, whether in Poland, in Hungary, in Italy, or in America, because they approve of their policies. But the real hatred towards Jews stems from these people who don't want to see Jews in America. They prefer to send them somewhere else so they can kill the people they hate even more, which is Arabs and Muslims. And I mean, I think we need to speak clearly about this. You know, Joe Biden, who defended America's democracy, saved it from an autocrat like Donald Trump, from an insurrectionist, is willing to enable Donald Trump of Israel, which is Bibi Netanyahu. And he's willing to risk the White House because John, as of today, I don't know if Joe Biden can win. I am not sure after what he did, people will swallow backing and being complicit with the murder of thousands of Palestinian women and children and he does, he's missing also the racial element. A white man in the White House enabling another man in Israel to slaughter thousands of brown and Muslim people. I think with a lot of minority in America, this resonates. And yeah, they're not willing to vote. But I do think, Rula, a year from now, people will see the choices. And if it is Donald Trump, they will see Joe Biden flawed, who got $100 million in humanitarian in, who tried to make... Netanyahu ceasefire, who didn't do enough but tried, and they'll see Donald Trump, who seems to take delight and joy and pleasure in the suffering of the Palestinian people, and is promising once again to ban the entire Muslim faith from entering the country. I I think every election in our lifetimes is always the lesser of two evils, but I think it's going to be a very stark differential if those are the two options. John, I, I, I think like you, I believe if I have to choose between the two, I will probably swallow whatever. However, the overwhelming majority of people who are brown and black and, and probably, you know, the racial element of it, they will not come out to vote. They yeah, basically, right. they will allow the other side to come to vote. They will sit back and they will say, you know, why would we accept a racist, a colonial, imperial foreign policy? Why would we accept this overseas? And because somehow he's better than Donald Trump on domestic policy. So I think the choice has to be done now to pressure Joe Biden and Democrats to wake up because this is a wake up moment. They have one year to correct course. And if we don't pressure them, most of the people will sit back. They will stay home. I was one of the few people that actually predicted Trump victory in an op-ed, as you remember, you in 2015 in the you Washington did. Post when people were laughing, saying there's no chance he could win. I saw it coming. The writing was on the wall. Anybody that looked at Brexit knew that the racist underground was awakened and wanted power. And again, 
Here, Joe Biden is really playing with fire because the racist underground is there, but the people who elected him, not because they really loved him, but because they thought at the time, well, we don't trust the ability of white people not to deliver Trump again. This time we'll say, you know what? If Gaza has to be wiped out, then let America's democracy suffer. And this is oh. terrifies me. This choice terrifies me, me but it is me on too. the table. Well, my, my I, I believe that people don't vote for Joe Biden. They'll vote against Donald Trump. But again, we'll we'll see what's going on there. I do want to reference, though, you mentioned Elon Musk being in town. Let me quote Esther Solomon, the editor of Haaretz, who's tweeted today, blatant anti-Semite and publisher of anti-Semitism, Elon Musk, should be persona non grata in Israel. Instead, Netanyahu, plumbing new depths of amoral sycophancy, gifts him a PR visit to the kibbutz devastated by Hamas. Profane, venal, both of them. Now, Rula, Israel says their goal is to destroy Hamas, but after weeks of this slaughter, Hamas is still running things and running the hostage negotiations. I, I, I don't believe Netanyahu is fighting Hamas. I believe he is fighting for his own popularity and his professional future. It was kind of exciting to see the editor of Haaretz call him out for it today. Bibi, you're spot on. Bibi Netanyahu is fighting for his political future, for his legacy, whatever, but for power, because these people crave the most power. But also he's fighting the Palestinian people. And his, his war is on the Palestinian people. As if today, according to the IDF, only 1,000 members of Hamas were killed. Only after five weeks, after 50 Two days, only 1,000. That means that the 13,000 Palestinians who were killed are civilians, women and children right. and elderly. So at that ratio, if, if they resume fighting, for the IDF, the army, to kill 40,000 militants, Hamas militants, that means they have to kill 400,000 Palestinians. Is that even a ratio that's acceptable in the 21st century for any nation for a nation that is backed by the most important democracy in the world or so-called most demo most important democracy in the world. I think the goal is not achievable without destroying the Palestinian people. We know that northern Gaza is already gone, is destroyed. Nobody, yeah. it's, nobody can live there anymore. Now they're trying to wipe out the south. If they resume bombing, and the carpet bombing, that means the South will be gone. That means hundreds of thousands of Palestinians will die. That means two million Palestinians will have to be displaced permanently, either to Egypt or somewhere else. We see minister after minister calling for ethnically cleansing them. So again, Joe Biden has a chance now to stop this and to stop it now and to apply real pressure in Israel because he's the only one that can. And the fact that he's not doing it gives me pause. Because if our democratic president doesn't understand that you could support Israel, but you could support them even more by saving yes. international law and make them anchored in complying That's with international law That's and America's law. Yeah, this is not making the people of Israel safer. This is what I keep screaming. Netanyahu is not interested in that. He is interested in himself and his policies. And the oppression of the Palestinian people does not make life in Israel 
safer. And I have to believe, Rula, that more and more of our Israeli brothers and sisters are waking up to this. I mean, the yes. protests against Netanyahu, seeing these ordinary citizens of all backgrounds screaming at government ministers when they come into hospitals with camera crews for photo ops. It's been very encouraging seeing, as it's encouraging, seeing people rising up against the Ayatollahs in Iran to see the people yes. in Israel begin to rise up against this autocrat clown. Absolutely. And it's wonderful to see also, as you said, other, our brothers and sisters in Israel who are who pressured actually Bibi Netanyahu to accept the hostage deal because he didn't want to accept the hostage deal. We had ministers in the Bibi government like Ben Veer and others who were screaming at these hostage families and saying, you need to shut up and you need to let us do whatever. But the public pressure applied on Bibi Netanyahu and the protests in the streets pressured him to basically accept the deal. It was not Joe Biden. It was not anybody else. It was his own voters. And by the way, only 4% of the Israeli believe him. And a yeah. small, small majority want him to stay in power. They are, he's, he's done. Once this war is That's done, it. so he doesn't have really an incentive to end the war. Again, exactly. Joe Biden needs to think ahead of time and need to think strategically. Is it more important to win the White House for Demo Democrats? And basically to save America's democracy or save Bibi Netanyahu, because this is a choice. Either you save Bibi or you save America. I'd rather save America's democracy. And we've heard many reports saying that, you know, this White House is already factoring in that Netanyahu may be long gone before the conflict ends. But of course, to your point, I don't think Hamas or Netanyahu want the conflict to end because the conflict keeps them in power. Rula Jabril, it is always an honor and a great, great joy to have you with us. What is the best way for our listeners to follow you and keep up with your work? Thank you, John. Thank you so much for breaking the silence, speaking truth to power and always being voice for for, you know, underprivileged and the persecuted uh, to follow me. It's at Rula Jibral, both on Twitter and Instagram. And thank you again. Thank you. It's always an honor. We have to take a quick break. We'll be back in just a moment with your calls. This is progress. CarMax is putting peace of mind back in car shopping by putting you in the driver's seat to find a ride that's right for you. Because at CarMax, we believe you shouldn't just settle for a car. You should love your car. That's why every car we sell is CarMax certified quality so you can be sure with upfront pricing that's the same for every customer. So don't settle. Find love at first drive and start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax, the way car buying should be. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Hey all, Glenn Kirshner here. Friends, I hope you'll join me on my audio podcast, Justice Matters. We talk about not only the legal issues of the day, but we also talk about the need to reform ethics in our government. Here's one example, the oath of office. You know the one. I do solemnly swear to support and defend the Constitution against all enemies, foreign and domestic. Let's add 22 words to that oath. Quote, 
and I will promptly report any instances of crime and or corruption by government officials and employees of which I become aware. Friends, our democracy is worth fighting for. Join us in this fight, because justice matters. Look for Justice Matters wherever you ordinarily find your podcasts. I'm John Fugel saying this is Sirius XM Progress. We are taking your calls at 866-997-4748, 866-997-GRIT. I call for an immediate ceasefire to welcome in the queen, Rhonda Handsome. She's a great stand-up and writer and director and actor. She's open for Anita Baker and Diana Ross and Aretha Franklin. She does great solo shows. You can catch Rhonda on Politipod, available on SoundCloud. It's time for Tall, Dark, and Handsome Mondays with Miss Rhonda Handsome. I'm black, y'all. <laughs> Hi there. Oh, very excited to how, be here with you, John. How was your Thanksgiving, Queen? Did you have a good holiday? Beautiful, calm. Um, the, the food was delicious. The company and, and conversation interesting and uh, very nice. I enjoyed it. I enjoyed it. How was yours? Uh, very quiet. I was a conscientious objector from Thanksgiving. I did nothing. You're supposed. Didn't watch the parade. Didn't have anybody over. Didn't cook. We just ordered some food from Whole Foods that we reheated. I just just sat it out this year, and it was just what my heart needed. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I, 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 I always say, what's the? I always say, what's the point of being an orphan on Thanksgiving if you can't blow off Thanksgiving? So. <laughs> we need that retreat. We do need that retreat. Hey, can I can I ask you about this story you sent to me from military.com? Um this is this is confusing now. This is a story about the chief of staff for uh, the Department of Defense's Education Activity Schools in the US. Um and and I'm trying to get this right. This is the the Department of of Defense Education Activity uh which I, I I it's just teaching, right? It's like teaching people to go to Quantico and stuff like that. So what exactly happened with this guy who's the, the chief of staff for the DOD education activity school? So he he was in Georgia, right? What 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 went down? Yeah, I didn't even know the Department of Defense was involved with schools. I mean, uh, you would think if the Department of Defense was involved with schools, we'd have fewer shootings at schools. But you think uh, that's not happening. But right. Um, well, and, and actually, um, by the way, military school schools on military bases in America are the best right now. The schools with the best record uh, in the country, not not military schools, but schools on military bases are actually doing really, really well. But this is different. This is Department of Defense's education programs that they do education activity, uh, which I guess is like School of the Americas type stuff. Yeah. And this guy, uh, Stephen Ho- Hovenick. Mm-hmm. Uh, um, middle-aged, 64 years old. He was arrested in a sting uh, what that was related to prostitution, drugs, weapons. And, uh, you know, I, I just, I don't understand how these officials, especially after they've been around for a while, can put their entire careers in, in jeopardy. He's pandering. Pandering. Uh, uh, and... 
and he got caught and, and he got caught what why <laughs> why is he doing this he needs to be preparing for retirement not yeah. trying to get people into prostitution <laughs> i mean do we do we know specifically what this guy was doing i mean he's a pentagon official he's in charge of the department managing elementary schools and he was just picked up in this human trafficking sting in georgia I mean, under suspicion of pandering, what does that even mean? Yeah, I think trying to compel someone into um, uh, work, sex work. It sounds like <laughs> and, it, yeah. Uh, and he, um, it, it really goes back to the hypocrisy. Uh, you know, I mean, this guy should be thinking about the defense of our nation, thinking about retiring from, you know, working uh, most of his life. And it's just the hypocrisy that that gets to me, John. I I don't understand it at all. I I really it it really irks me. I mean, this is in this thing. Two dozen people were arrested for pandering or drug possession, prostitution and pimping. And this guy worked for the Department of Defense, specifically overseeing elementary schools, for the Pentagon, six women have been identified as victims in this sting. My question is, Rhonda, how long till they blame this on Joe Biden? Because I've I've already seen all over <laughs> all over Twitter breaking Biden Pentagon official like like, <laughs> please tell me they're going to blame this on Joe Biden, too. But I mean, he's he spent like decades in uh in high school and vocational high schools and working with these young people. And I feel like uh, predators actually choose these professions where they can get away with with influencing uh, our teenagers and, and our young people. I mean, this guy works with elementary schools and he got busted with a bunch of people for pandering and pimping. I mean, 12 were arrested for prostitution, 10 for pandering, and four for pimping, which I think looks better on your resume if you're going to jail. Pandering is one year in jail and a $1,000 fine, but you had me, Rhonda, when you said, oh, he works with elementary schools for the Pentagon, and he's sexually trafficking people for pimping. It's a really scary story that I hope we learn more about. Uh, I, I want I want to keep up with it because I, I just don't like that these people have access to our young people. I mean, our teenagers are, are are bad enough off with social media and and the pressures that we have on them without the people who are in authority over them and who are supposed to be helping them with their education and training are Boom. preying on them. Boom. Yes. Well, I, I, yeah. So let's see what happens. But I, I, I thank you for telling me about the story. That is a, a whole level of creepiness, Rhonda, uh, that I wasn't ready for <laughs> on a Monday. Thank you for putting new cooties into my brain. We have a lot of folks on hold. Do you want to take some calls from some of our listeners? Definitely. Definitely. Let's go yes. to the phones. The We're at 866-997-GRID. We'd love to hear from you. Bill in New Jersey. Thanks for waiting on hold. You're on Progress with Rhonda. Hey, good evening. How are you? Hi. Very good. How are you? Good. Uh, yeah, I was realizing that, you know, Joe Biden is old, and so we yes. need an alternative that's not old. I was thinking of Cornell West and Miriam Williamson, who are both <laughs> 71, or yes. Joe Stein, who's 73, or yes. Ron who's going to be 70 in January. There you go. See, so, what a change of pace. Thank you. Younger blood. Right. Yes. Right. 
they're both double the age that you need. And to don't forget, Donald Trump's president. going to be a spry, young, young, obese 77 oh. by Election Day next year. I mean, I'm, I'm sorry, 79. So he'll be fine. He'll be good. Right. For, I mean, for all those people who are morbidly speaking, all Biden has to do is stay alive till he's elected. And we still have the the government with, uh, you know, uh, uh, Kamala Harris. But uh, and do you think he's going to live a year? I think so. Who, Trump or Biden? Biden. Yes, I think they're both going to live a year. Yes, I think we're going to have to deal with the ageism for one more year. Right. So all they have to do is make it into office and then he can die. God forbid. (laughs) But uh, anyway, he's already in office. We want him to get reelected and serve his full term and and, and then be replaced by a Democrat that everyone loves, who's groovy and non-white, non-male, non-heterosexual, non-binary. Right. Yes. So there really aren't any alternatives of young people. This is what I keep saying, Rhonda, to everyone who's saying, oh, Biden's too old, Biden's too old. I'm like, great. Tell me, who's the Democrat that's going to win the Electoral College and be able to do something with a divided Congress? Tell me who's going to do better than the old man and I'll get behind it. I don't know who it is. Who it is? She'll be seventy-four. Mm-hmm. I have, I have to tell you, I am very disappointed that we're going to be dealing with the electoral college yet uh, uh, yeah. another another round because it really turns things mm-hmm. into a, a circus. Uh, yes. uh, I, I've, I've had it. I've had it with the college. There's nothing smart about it at all. Uh-huh. No, I mean, it's there because I mean, this is why, like, like most of our earlier first presidents were all from Virginia because of the Electoral College. It's there to rig the system. Right. And it still does. Right. And it's gar- it's there to guarantee the will of the American voter. It doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. Right. It's the Electoral College, the filibuster, the debt ceiling, all those phony bullshit things that are stopping us from uh, growing and progressing. Well, let's also throw in we need single-payer health care and we need ranked choice. Throw in single-payer health care, get big money out of politics and ranked choice voting. Let's just go for everything here. Yeah, yeah, it's it's all bullshit. As far as uh, (laughs) Israel is concerned, as far as Israel is concerned, people have to realize Joe Biden doesn't run Israel. Joe Biden can only persuade them what to not to. He can say he's going to withhold aid, but that's that's it, right? Next year. Right. Yeah. But that's that's and, what it's about. But that's right. what people want to hear. I mean, if you're controlling the purse strings to the tune of 13 billion, then you're allowed to flex a little bit. That's what I think is the, the critique that, that the president has been uh, been been dealing with. Yeah, yeah but Netanyahu doesn't care about that. He's fighting for his uh, political life and to stay out of jail, just like uh, Trump is. And, yeah. uh, he, you know, he's he's you know, he's crazy. And the best thing that could have happened after the seventh was him to step down and say, I fucked up and, you know, next guy. But it didn't yeah. happen. And that's a shame. And, I agree. Uh, I mean, and as far as the, the war and everything, they did wait two weeks before they actually went in and then they felt committed to. But no one gave up the hostages in those two weeks. Nobody tried to make a, a peace deal or anything. And. I I think it's awful what they're doing, but no one knows how you combat uh, tunnel warfare, except from Vietnam, where it didn't work out. Right, but but, but here's the deal with that, though. More than twice as many women and children have already been killed in Gaza than have been confirmed killed in Ukraine after almost two years of Russian attacks. So, I mean, it's... it's, You may not believe it, but those are the most surgical strikes they can make. Yeah, I don't believe it. I don't don't believe it. 
they're 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 bombing they're bombing they are bombing civilian areas they are bombing civilian areas and lose and kill people on purpose there are already 13,000 dead on the Palestinian side. I know. It would, have been, they are, it would have been the entire place raised in two weeks if they carpet-bombed it. I like I'm okay, saying, it's well, imprecise and it doesn't work when you bomb. It's a bad strategy, but it's not as if they were trying to kill civilians or, or trying to make the Okay, but Israel, okay, but with respect to you, Israel, I said, with, respectfully, Israel is using very large weapons in dense right. urban areas, we have given right. Israel 2,000-pound bombs that can flatten a high-rise, and they're using right. them. And this is why people are mad at us. Well, so, uh, okay, then the Iranians supply the other side. They have anti-tank missiles. They have you're just, uh, it's just phosphorus bombs. And, uh, everything that we have, they've got sort of the equivalent no, it's not giant bombers. There's nothing. I'm sorry. There's nothing. There, it's not. But it's not equivalent. Israel has an army. Hamas has terrorists. Hamas has, you know, Viet Cong style commandos. And it's guerrilla warfare. It's it's not symmetrical in yeah. any way. Rhonda, do you want to no, jump in on no. this? I Look, I don't like criticizing Joe Biden on this one, but these are the critiques he's going to be getting. And he has to be ready for them. And I think this White House is ready for them. Uh, I, I think the landscape is going to be very different in a year than it is right now. But uh, if we're going to be scared of this, this is is what people are saying about him right now. And it doesn't mean that anyone's pro-Trump. I just don't want people staying home a year from now and Trump gets in because of apathy. And what is horrible is that uh, you cannot even ask for a sense of humanity without being criticized from one side or the other. That's the thing that gets me when you, when you are asking for uh, rationale, when you are asking for peace, you are being seen as taking a side uh, in something that is horrific. I mean, this has been going on. And, and as you say, the death toll uh, is a, a horror. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you know, and again, you're right. I almost every day I'm told on social media that I don't care about the plight of the Palestinians. I don't care about the plight of the Israelis. Every day there's a different person. that, And half of them are people we used to be friends with. My God, the way this is turning friends against each other in this country. I, I just I, I, I refuse. I think the people of both societies deserve better leadership. And I just I'm on the side of whoever wants this horrible conflict to end nonviolently with peace and dignity and security for both sides. That's that's. That's my team. Such as it is. You know, John, it really is a terrible thing that's going on. But but I always think about what would have happened if they if they would have been resettled in Nairobi, which was one of the ideas that was originally floated in the late 40s, I believe. Mm -hmm. Um, I know. Putting uh, uh, the the settlement there. I I always wonder would it have turned out with this continuous contention. I'm with you. I listen. I I say let's let's. I, I'd be happy to give Israel, you know, Arkansas if that makes them happy. Uh, let's go back to the phones, Bill. Thank you very much for the call. Let me go to Joe from Las Vegas, who's been waiting on hold forever. Joe, thank you for your patience. You're on SiriusXM with me and Rhonda Handsome. Hello. Hello, John. Hello, Rhonda. Love both of you. Listen every night. Love you back. Uh, favorite Uber. Favorite Uber driver from Las Vegas. God bless you. Thank you very much. I know who to harass when I'm in town. <laughs> exactly. So anyway, so here's the thing. Every Democrat, we can overwhelmingly win the election this November coming up next November, is that every Democrat, they have to say one thing. If you're in a state that restricts abortion, he says, I am running to restore a woman's right 
to choose the self-autonomy. Yeah. And if you're running in a state that that still has uh, abortion rights and you're running against the Republican, I am running to maintain a woman's right to choose. And I think autonomy. he's right, Rhonda. I think that's going to drive voter turnout. I think that will be driving voter turnout so much more a year from now than than what's happening in the Middle East or Ukraine. That's all you have to do. Just beat those two things. I'm either here to restore it. I'm running to restore it. Or I'm running I think to protect people it. People need America's health. I think America's health has to really be a priority, uh, uh, and uh, women's health um, particularly. But uh, I, I don't disagree with him that we have to have America's health as a priority. I mean, we have people who one medical incident really throws their entire life into a tailspin financially. That's right. That's right. Joe, I, th- I think you, I think you've nailed it. And I think this is going to be what we're talking about a lot more next year. It doesn't mean that the war won't matter. But I do think that women's reproductive rights are going to drive voter turnout more than just about any other issue, because that's been the case uh, for the last couple of elections. And that's strategic. Once we have majorities in both the House and the Senate and in uh, state houses and senates, then we can actually get a progressive message going. But we can't do anything until we get control. And we're not going to yeah. give control until we get the majority of people on our side. We That's true. Restore a woman's rights or we protect a woman's rights. Or we can already remember that the American people are already on our side. The Democratic Party policy positions are so much more popular than the Republican ones for the most part. And so I think that the Democrats have to start acting like it. We're not that divided. White people are divided, but Americans are not that divided. But the whole idea that a a woman or a doctor could be subject to going to prison to be uh, in court over uh, an individual's health uh, decisions that should be be between the person and her doctor is is ridiculous and regressive. It's like, well, hello, 1952. So true. It's so, so true. Hey, Joe, thanks so much for the call. I really appreciate hearing from you. Please call up more often. It's great to hear from you in Vegas. But let me go. uh, Let me get one or two more calls. And before we hit our next break, Jay in Kentucky, you're on with Rhonda. Thanks for your patience. Welcome. Hey, how are you doing? Um, I'd like to make two points. One about Biden and the other one about about, um, Israel. The first one about Biden. Biden is the first president in the history of our country to give Israel a blank check. No, I mean, all our other presidents, because they have had scrimmage, you know, the Palestinians and Israel. They already only go for so far. But Biden has not has not reigned this in yet. He's still allowing this man to to, 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 to continue to, to do what he's doing. I don't and, think that's the same as giving him a blank check, but I get what you're saying. I think every president has given Israel a blank check, but you're right. Uh, there, He has not done anything that we know of publicly to rein in Netanyahu. He's just he's politely yeah, asked for pauses. Yeah. Okay, and now, and now my, my point with the nation of Israel. Okay, this is a nation, and they got an army. The Gaza, the people, they're supposed to be a terrorist group. Now, why, if you want to take out a terrorist group, why are you sending your army in to do it? Why don't you send your elite officers to do yeah. it, like your Mossad? Now, well, that's know, what they are doing. I mean, so yeah. what I'm trying to say, what I'm trying to say is that it's re- I don't really think it's about the terrorists. It's it's basically about I get some people call it a land grab, you know. And why yeah. would you bomb all the hosp- Why would you bomb all the hospitals of a country? That don't make sense. 
Well, the first the first one I have to point out the first the first hospital bombing that Israel was accused of they didn't actually bomb uh, that that was uh, that that was uh, um, another missile that came from the Palestinian side it wasn't a Hamas missile uh, but but that was that was misreported and um, no, so I understand I understand that I understand that first that. one but yeah no I'm with you I'm with you on this but every but every hospital in Israel is basically I mean guys it's basically it's gone but 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 my whole point is that. If you if, if you're going into a terrorist group and you are army, ain't you belittling yourself by, by by sending in your jet planes and your tanks to destroy a terrorist group? I mean, that's what that's I what mean, America did, right? I mean, I mean, that's what America did, right? Like, no, like, no, no, that's not what America. Did. No, after no, the war on terror, America we did. did. After the war on terror, we sent armies out to get terrorists. We sent armies out to to get criminals. That was the irony, right? Korea was a war we called a police action, but war on terror was a police action we pretended was a war. I understand what you're saying. But, 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 but wait a minute, but, okay, okay, but, but, but hold on, hold on. Are you talking about Iraq? Yeah, and, and Afghanistan. Okay, 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 okay. Although I, I would say that was Afghanistan. Iraq was Iraq. Iraq was straight imperialism. Iraq, Iraq had nothing to do with the terrorist yeah, attack yeah, on our yeah, country. Yeah, that's yeah. true. That's true. It was straight. Yeah, I agree with you. There. It was straight imperialism. We just Rhonda, you want to weigh in on this before the break? I think the imperialist presidency is a long time. Rhonda, we we, we got to hit a break. Can you here? Would you? It was. <laughs> I'm, I'm going to ask you, Rhonda, to disconnect from the Zoom and reconnect during the break because we're, we're losing you too much and, uh, and I, I need you to give me my opinions. In the meantime, we've got to take a quick one. We'll be back in just a moment. Jay in Kentucky, thank you so much for the call. I really appreciate it. Let's continue this again tomorrow. We'll be right back in just a moment at 866-997-GRIT. This episode is brought to you by Philo. Do you love TV? Do you love saving money? Then Philo is your solution. Philo has shows, movies, and live TV for just $25 a month. You can even try it for free with their seven-day free trial. No contracts, no commitments, no hassles, just a better way to watch TV. Never miss a minute of shows like the hit docuseries Where is Wendy Williams or classics such as Friends. If you can't get enough TV, then there's no better way to watch. Philo has more than 70 channels like BET, MTV, and AMC. And the best part? You can try it yourself with their seven-day free trial. Sign up today at philo.tv slash poppods. That's P-H-I-L-O dot TV slash P-O-P-P-O-D-S to get 50% off your first month. Welcome to Fail Better, David Duchovny's new podcast with Lemonada Media. On Fail Better, David, who has experienced both low- and high-profile failures throughout his life, explores the vast world of failure, how it holds us back, propels us forward, and ultimately shapes our lives. Each week, he'll chat with guests like Ben Stiller, Bette Midler, and more about how our perceived failures have actually been our biggest catalysts for growth, revelation, and even healing. Through these conversations, he hopes listeners can learn how to embrace the opportunity of failure and fail better together. Fail Better is out now wherever you get your podcasts. And welcome back. This is SiriusXM Progress. I'm John Fugelsang. Miss Rhonda Handsome is back. Rhonda, thank you for uh, logging off and logging back on. Well, yeah, I got a flag that my internet connection was on. 
unstable, much like my emotional state. So I'm doing my best here. <laughs> I understand. I am. I am. Uh, I am speaking from a, a weakness of bandwidth myself. I know just how it is, but I'm glad you're with us. And we are at eight six six nine nine seven grit. Let's get to the phones again before the break. Um, let me go to Rich in Indiana. Hi, Rich. Thanks for waiting on hold. Sure, man. Thanks. I'll, I'll try and be concise. This happened uh, in the news stream on Friday, and I really think it deserves a whole lot of attention. There is something going on with high consumer prices and specifically yep. eggs. And yep. the purpose of high egg prices would be to cause the perception of the Biden administration uh, to be uh, failed in its uh, management of the economy for American families. That's right, because so we use words like because we we fuel. use we use words like inflation and not like corporate greed and price gouging. But go on. Yeah, greed, greedflation. We got this greedflation, man. All right. Anyway, yeah. so um, this allows the Republicans to criticize the Democrats and be heard by the voters. And um, there is this uh, couple of brothers, Marcus Rust, who's the CEO of a egg producing uh, factory farm. Uh, mm-hmm. called Rose Acre Farms in, um, I believe it is Seymour, Indiana, down south of Indianapolis. Okay. And he and his brother traded emails about how to tactically reduce egg supply. The yeah, well, they, 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 they illegally rigged the market to drive up the price. There it is. There it is. Yeah. So the first thing they do is they uh, slaughter the laying hens early for meat, and then they hatch the chicks late as the brood uh, flocks to replace them. And right. then as they're growing those brood flocks in the brood houses, they reduce the number of uh, hens in in these, you know, uh, well, hang on, hang on, hang on, hang on a second. First of all, Rhonda, I want to spend time in a brood house. That's that's my new goal in life. I need I need more brood houses. But but the, the main thing is it was a price fixing scheme, and they exported millions of eggs overseas to drive the prices up here around Thanksgiving and Easter, and they did it on person. And this antitrust suit goes from 1999 to 2008. So the egg industry has been fighting this for 12 years, but the egg prices have gone up deliberately, and the jury found. Calmain Foods and Roseacre Farms that they unlawfully rigged the egg market by doing exactly what you just said, by having, you know, cage space increases and bans on cage backfilling and whatever they had to do. So I, I guess the good news here is we can find a way to blame Biden for this, right? I see this as a smoking well, gun, potentially, of a Powell memo that is out there somewhere about how to make the Biden administration look bad. And right. uh, I think that the yellow freight, uh, bad acting and bankruptcy was part of it. And the idea that Richard Uline uh, of Uline Trucking is this mega donor right wing uh, hater. Right on. And, uh, Let me give Rhonda the last word on this. Let me give Rhonda the last word on this one. Go ahead, Rhonda. John, I'm just trying to figure out which came first, the rigging or the egg. Uh, This is... I, I can't trust anyone anymore. I, you know I, what? It, Thank you for reminding me we do a comedy show around here because it's been so dark, man. Rhonda, you are the best. Everyone follow Rhonda at Rhonda Full on all the socials. Rich, thank you very much for the call. Keep an eye out for the egg story. Uh, you're right. The media is not covering it, and they should. But, of course, 
It's a corporate greed story. Miss Hanson, thanks for making the world better. And we will see you next time. We got to go. Thank you, Chris. Thank you, Thea. I'm John Fugelson. Keep it tuned to SiriusXM Progress. Peace. Peace.